Welcome in everybody to another episode of the Dynamic Dialogue podcast. As always, I'm your host, Danny Matranga, and in this episode, we're talking about sleep. I'm going to be sharing some of my favorite tips for improving sleep quality, improving the kind of behaviors and habits and maybe even the routines you have around sleep so you can get better sleep. We'll be discussing supplements that I like, workout tips. We'll be discussing things you can do outside of the gym and that have nothing to do with food or supplements that can help with your sleep. Sleep is a really big deal for your physical, cognitive, and quite frankly, relational performance. I show up better as a husband, as a trainer, as a professional, as a son, as a friend, when I'm well slept. And of course, I perform better in the gym and have a much easier time sticking to my nutritional goals when I am well slept. And this is something that in my 10 years working as a coach, I see a lot of people really struggling with. So we'll talk about a ton of different things you can do, a lot of supplements you can take, behaviors that you can engage with to improve the quality of your sleep. The goal of this episode today is to make things simple, actionable, and give you a variety of tools so that hopefully you can take a few, if not all of them, and begin applying them as early as the minute you finish this episode. None of these are going to be so absurdly niche that they don't apply to you, I can almost guarantee there will be multiple tips in here that you can share with pretty much everybody in your life to help them sleep better too. So a great episode to listen to, tons of information to share, and a great place to start if you're looking to get better sleep. Enjoy the episode. This podcast has some awesome partners, and one of my favorite, of course, is Legion Athletics. Legion is my go-to supplement manufacturer for what I like to call my big rock supplements. This would be my protein powder, my pre-training formula, my post-training formula and creatine, and my kind of ancillary vitamins and micronutrient protection. So why do I like Legion so much? What sets them apart? It's quite simple. Legion uses all natural ingredients. All the formulas include natural coloring and natural sweeteners. No artificial sweeteners, just stevia. And every single formulation, be it a pre-workout or a vitamin, contains clinically effective dosages of ingredients shown to work in humans in clinical research supported by robust trials. No filler, just legit ingredients in each and every formulation proven to work. The whey protein isolate is so light, it's fantastic, it mixes in water, it tastes amazing, and I drink it every day, even as somebody who's lacking lactose intolerant. That's just how high quality this whey protein is. And it's sourced from Irish dairy cows that are raised well, eat their natural diet and packaged in climate friendly packaging. I love their plant protein too. For those of you who like something that's a little on the thicker side and you aren't a fan of animal products. Also, I love Legion's pre-workout, but specifically the pre-workout that does not contain caffeine. That would be their stim-free pulse. I'm a huge, huge fan of beta-alanine and L-citrulline, but I don't like taking in wildly high amounts of caffeine. So if you are somebody who likes pre-workout with caffeine, you can try pulse. Or if you like it without caffeine, because you maybe want to enjoy your morning coffee or monitor your caffeine consumption, try the pulse stim-free. My favorite flavors there for sure are the new grape and the amazing, amazing tropical punch. 
As for my creatine, I get that from Legion's Recharge, five grams each and every day. I take it on the days I train as well as the days I do not because Recharge also contains L-carnitine, which can help with promoting muscle recovery and decreasing soreness, as well as some ingredients to help with creatine utilization. And of course, my favorite supplements for my ancillary micronutrient health are Legion's Multivitamin and Legion's Greens Powder. Not only do these two products contain a ton of high quality vitamins and minerals, they also contain unique adaptogens like KSM 66 ashwagandha and reishi mushroom, which I like to take each and every day to promote my health. If you want to cover all your bases with a high quality protein, creatine, post-workout, or the ancillary micronutrient health stuff like greens, powders, and multivitamin, I encourage you to go over to legionathletics.com and check out using the promo code Danny. That'll save you 20% on your first order and you'll rack up points that you can use the same way as cash every time you use the code and you'll also be supporting the show. All right, folks, welcome into the episode. Again, we're talking all about sleep today and some habits, behaviors, supplements. We'll talk a lot about supplements. I know you guys love that. Um, that will enhance your sleep. I think the biggest thing that we can start with here as we discuss like sleep is just why this should matter to you. And I think the first thing is your brain. So little discussion right now um, in the fitness space, in the health space uh, is long-term. A lot of it is short to intermediate term. And I love that. I think it's important to be ambitious and thoughtful and, you know, really focused on like, hey, what can I do in the short to intermediate term to make the biggest difference? But when we talk about sleep, when we talk about the long-term benefits, I think the number one thing is the, uh, the effect that sleep has on the brain and the ability for low to chronically low states of like sleep deprivation to enhance cognitive declines uh, or issues specifically related to cognitive decline, like Parkinson's, like Alzheimer's, the data is pretty clear. Low sleep states are correlated with, uh, you know, increased prevalence of cardiovascular disease and cognitive decline, which are two things that as we age are no bueno. Uh, I see this a lot with my dad who has Parkinson's disease and who regularly did not get enough sleep. When I was growing up, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that my dad has Parkinson's disease because he didn't get enough sleep. I'm painfully aware that correlation does not equal causation, but it is certainly something that I pay very close attention to in my own life. And I want to always be sure that I'm being thoughtful about getting enough sleep. And I think a lot of you need to pay very close attention to your genetic code, what are you predisposed for, right? Like many of you know, without me even having to tell you that you have a higher likelihood of developing certain issues, maybe cardiovascular disease, maybe cognitive decline of various types due to your genetic predisposition for these things. And if you're somebody for whom these things run in the family, sleep is that much more important. Now, of course, acutely, when it comes to performance enhancement, body composition, cognition, you know, uh, good sleep is going to make it easier to be leaner. It's going to make it easier to build muscle. It's going to make it easier to build fat. It's going to make it easier to build fat, burn fat. It's going to make it easier to perform at the workplace. It's going to make it easier to perform in the bedroom. 
it's going to enhance a lot of these short to intermediate markers of health and well-being um, that many of us really need to do a better job of focusing on. So I think when you when you think about that, that's usually the biggest impetus for improving your sleep. It's like, what am I going to get out of this in the short term? Um, and I think that, you know, uh, that is something I'd love to lean away from when it comes to, you know, like, what do I get out of the short term with weightlifting? Oh, I look better. Or the intermediate term, I look better. Well, the long term's like bone density, you know, better function. The long term payoffs for a lot of this stuff is actually better. And I think the same thing's true for sleep. But in the short term, sleep is probably you know, of all of the behaviors you can engage with, with specific, like specific health promoting behaviors, exercise, let's say exercise, better nutrition and sleep, getting better sleep will impact your life more rapidly than better nutrition and exercise will. I truly believe this. I've worked with clients for many, many years. And when you start training people in the weight room, uh, one of the things that happens is they all start to sleep better because they're training hard. You know, they go from sedentary to training hard. And when they start training hard, they get fatigued. And when they get fatigued, they sleep really, really good. And I am of the impression that the biggest reason my clients come to me in their first couple months training, like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. You know, I'm performing better at work. I'm performing better in the bedroom and I'm sleeping better. I just feel great. I actually attribute a lot of that increased kind of perception of how they feel to their improved sleep. Yes, I think weight training is wonderful. Yes, they make great food decisions after they start weight training compared to how they were eating before. But I really think that boon to their subjective well-being comes from improved sleep. So some of the things that you should not do, we're going to start with what you should not do. If you want to improve your sleep, the first and the most obvious thing is you should not have caffeine late into the day. Um, like too much caffeine throughout the day is absolutely a sleep killer. How much caffeine is too much really depends on you. Caffeine metabolism is highly individualized. So, you know, you might be somebody who can drink 400 to 500 milligrams of caffeine and energy drinks, tea, uh, you know, pre-workout coffee, and you might just not even feel it because you're super desensitized and just genetically caffeine does not bother you, but it definitely will fuck with your sleep. And there's a lot of people for whom even a little bit of caffeine makes them jittery and racy. So they're more connected to that sensitivity, but whether or not you feel the effects of caffeine acutely, I guarantee it messes with your sleep if you have it after 2, 3 p.m., you know, unless you're trying to go to bed at like 3 in the afternoon. Caffeine has a pretty long half-life, which is a, you know, fancy way of saying if you drink it, it's going to stick in your system a lot longer than, you know, the effects do. So you might drink caffeine and feel it for one to two hours, but it's in there a lot longer than that. And for those of you who are highly desensitized to caffeine because of chronic habitual use, you might not notice the jolt you used to get, but it will affect your sleep if you're drinking caffeine throughout the day. So before you try any sleep supplements, before you buy any blue lock, blue blocking glasses, before you do any meditating of any kind, nothing wrong with that. Just make sure you're not drinking caffeine late into the day, into the early afternoon. Even if you want to have like a bedtime between say eight and like 11 PM, 
um, because most of the caffeine is going to stick around for eight, nine, sometimes even 10 hours before it starts to gradually decline. And that is a huge reason that I see people uh, struggling with their you know, overall sleep is just too much caffeine too often throughout the day. Another thing that I think a lot more people are sensitive to than, than let on is like highly stimulating forms of content late into the evening. So for example, my wife and I finished the Lord of the Rings trilogy recently, the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings trilogy. And I'm a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. I've seen the trilogy four or five times now from start to finish, including the extent, not including, I should say the extended cut, which I've watched once from start to finish. Um, growing up, I used to pretend to be Aragorn and Legolas and I, I loved the movies. I love the combat more than anything. I love the video games. They were violent. They were adrenaline pulsing. And, um, one thing about this epic fantasy trilogy is like when you watch it before bed and it has, you know, the Lord of the Rings theme and bum, 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 you get hyped up. And, you know, I felt this way for a very long time. I'm sensitive to hyped up movies, hyped up sporting events, hyped up music. And if I'm just like running on adrenaline late into the evening and I like just think I'm going to fall right to sleep, it might take me 30, 45, 60 minutes even to wind down. And so if you're listening to like the same playlist you listen to at the gym before bed, you're actually, you're watching like super hardcore action movies or like true crime shit that gets your adrenaline pumping or Lord of the Rings or, you know, a quadruple overtime basketball game. Like don't expect your nervous system to be in the optimal state for sleep, um, right before bed. Another thing you should not do immediately before bed, if you want to get great sleep is eat like a huge meal or a super spicy meal or a super fatty meal that's going to take a while to digest because it may impact your ability to get deep, restful sleep. Um, I think the last thing you probably want to avoid, and this goes hand in hand with the movie thing, and I know a lot of you know this already, so I hope it doesn't feel like a repeat, but it's, you know, bombarding your retina, the, you know, eyeball with blue light. As I record this podcast, I'm literally sitting here talking to you with a computer up. I have garage band up in front of me monitoring my audio. I have a camera to my left and to my right, each of which has a small two inch monitor on it. I'm looking at, uh, you know, I have a laptop to my left with like a 14 inch monitor. I have a 37 inch curve monitor and I have a light box in front of me so that the video you guys see after the podcast uh, goes live and you get the video is like, you know, a high quality, tasteful video. And my retina are just getting pounded right now by light. And a lot of that is blue light which is the artificial light that's emitted by devices like screens, televisions, etc. And so blue light in particular has the ability when it hits the the retina, it triggers a part of the brain known as the suprachiasmatic nuclei and it kind of stops your body from your brain from secreting melatonin which is important for your body's ability to regulate its circadian rhythm and know when it's time for bed. So if you can turn on that night shift mode, if you can wear those blue light blocking glasses, if you can switch to candlelight or, you know, uh light on a spectrum that's a little more orange and red and less, you know, like light, white, 
yellow, blue, etc., you'll probably have a better time falling to sleep or falling asleep. So let's get into the tips that I think will help you with actually falling asleep. So the first is very accessible for most of you, and that's warm baths, warm showers, and then one that's less accessible is sauna. And so essentially what happens is, you know, exposure to warm temperatures is very, very good. Uh, prior to bed because we actually see a subsequent cool down effect after the fact. There's a reflexive rebounding cool down effect. The body's natural circadian rhythm is going to involve a drop in core body temperature at night prior to bed. So we can actually signal to our body to reduce its temperature more rapidly and trigger this kind of circadian effect more rapidly by warming it up. When you warm up with a warm bath or a warm shower or a hot sauna or a hot steam room, that's going to actually facilitate this natural decrease or more rapid decrease in core body temperature. When you get out of there, your body's going to work to you know, decrease core body temperature, which is a good way to signal that it is time for sleep. In the morning, Many of you will know this if you sleep too hot, that increase in body temperature that cortisol drives, um, that that will actually make you wake up feeling hot and kind of like, got to get these covers off me. That's driven by your circadian biology. Another cool thing about this for your performance nuts is that warm water, warm water immersion and sauna all help with like relieving muscle tension, help with improving circulation, can help with immune modulation, can relieve stress, the sensation of warm stuff on your skin totally um, you know, enhances parasympathetic activation. Um, you know, you even get a small release of endorphin, which is a natural, like, you know, feel good vibe kind of chemical. It's not nearly what you'd get from like rigorous exercise. Um, but I think it makes a really big difference. So if you're struggling with sleep, one of the easiest things you can do is warm shower, warm bath, or sauna. Um, I would recommend 10 minutes at the low end, 20 minutes at the high end, and maybe starting there. Taking a break from this episode to tell you a little bit about my coaching company, Core Coaching Method. More specifically, our app-based training. We partnered with Train Heroic to bring app-based training to you using the best technology and best user interface possible. You can join either my Home Heroes team, or you can train from home with bands and dumbbells, or Elite Physique, which is a female bodybuilding-focused program where you can train at the gym with equipments designed specifically to help you develop strength as well as the glutes, hamstrings, quads, and back. I have more teams coming planned for a variety of different fitness levels. But what's cool about this is when you join these programs, you get programming that's updated every single week. The sets to do, the reps to do, exercise tutorials filmed by me with me and my team. So you'll get my exact coaching expertise as to how to perform the movement, whether you're training at home or you're training in the gym. And again, these teams are somewhat specific. So you'll find other members of those communities looking to pursue similar goals at similar fitness levels. You can chat, ask questions, upload form for form review, ask for substitutions. It's a really cool training community and you can try it completely free for seven days. Just click the link in the podcast description below. Can't wait to see you in the core coaching collective, my app-based training community. Back to the show.
Something that's worked very well for me and also kind of plays off of that warm temperature thing is chamomile tea. Chamomile tea is a, a you know a you know herbal supplement that's been around forever. Uh, specifically, chamomile's primary flavonoid, which is apigenin. You can find apigenin in other fruits or foods, I believe, parsley. Uh, is one, you know, this is something that you'll hear Andrew Huberman talk about a lot. Uh, you can buy supplemental forms of apigenin. However, chamomile tea does appear to yield a pretty decent amount of apigenin, which will help with sleep and relaxation. The tea itself is warm too, which will help with, you know, increasing core body temperature if it's hot. And then again, that decrease of the temperature when you warm up and then decrease that helps with falling to sleep. Um, and the cool thing about apigenin is it's a flavone, is our flavone, however you want to call it. It's a bioactive compound. It's found in nature. Certain fruits, certain vegetables have it. It boosts health. Um, it, based on my notes here, is a GABA receptor modulator. You'll notice a lot of the things we talk about are GABA receptor modulators. So GABA is something that... Um, it's an inhibitory neurotransmitter. It's calming. I want you guys to think about like adrenaline as an excitatory neurotransmitter that's very, it's it's more of a hormone, but it's enhancing. It, it spikes and you go like, whoa, I felt that. GABA kind of does the opposite. Apigenin works on GABA. It modulates GABA to help you relax. It's really affordable. You can get like 30 chamomile tea sleeves for like probably three to five bucks at your local grocery store. So again, something that's super accessible, less expensive than, you know, supplemental apigenin, probably a little less potent. So in my opinion, a really good place to start. Um, great for kids, great for older adults, great for people who don't like to take supplements. You can get loose leaf chamomile flour. You can get ground chamomile tea. Um, you can have it cold, you know, where you just steep it and then, you know, let it sit for a while. It does not have to be hot, although I would recommend having it hot. Another cool thing about apigenin is it's got some anti-inflammatory properties. It has some neuroprotective properties, all good things, very affordable, very practical, easy to travel with. Um, big fan of chamomile tea. Okay. The third one I like again before bed, uh, this is another supplement is magnesium. Now I like magnesium for multiple reasons. One of which is it plays a big role in muscle contraction. It's something that we tend to be deficient in the way most of us eat. So supplementing with it for the simple, you know, goal of minimizing deficiencies is a smart call, but it can also have a fairly relaxing effect on the nervous system because again, it plays a role on that GABA, okay, neurotransmitter. Magnesium is a cofactor, meaning it plays a big role in helping other things do what they need to do. And it is a GABA cofactor as well. Um, so, this is something that will help regulate your muscles. It will help with any nutrient deficiency in the magnesium category, right? Like if you're magnesium deficient, magnesium supplement is going to fix that. Duh. There's multiple forms. I think the best ones are bisglycinate or glycinate and L3-inate, which is particularly good for, uh, you know, getting magnesium into the brain. Uh, I believe l 
oh, uh, bisglycinate is a little bit more expensive than traditional magnesium uh, because of that designer, you know, blood brain barrier promoting um, effect. But I've been using regular magnesium forever. Many of you are probably familiar with Epsom salt baths. Epsom salt is a salt that contains magnesium that can relax your muscles. Um, magnesium is involved in regulating the circadian rhythm and sleep weight cycle. It helps by modulating the pineal gland, which again is the gland in the brain that produces melatonin. So we're working different ways here. We obviously talked about muscle soreness, contractions, making sure that you feel calm and physically relaxed. Magnesium can help with that. We touched on that with the Epsom bath or Epsom salt bath, I should say. It's also worth noting that magnesium helps regulate stress by reducing HPA axis activity and just generally kind of toning down the nervous system. And multiple studies have shown that magnesium supplementation is associated with improved sleep quality, including reduced time to wake and reduced symptoms in patients dealing with insomnia. Um, an interesting supplement for sleep that's been around for a long time. Uh, I'd say probably the last like five years. So it's not as new as like magnesium L-threonate and apigenin, which in supplement form are quite common and popular because of Dr. Andrew Huberman. If you just eat magnesium rich foods and drink chamomile tea, um, you know, you might get, you know, some of those same effects like chamomile tea has been around forever and people have been taking magnesium for a long time, just not in these new designer, more effective forms. But another one is of course CBD or cannabidiol, which is, you know, known for its anti-anxiotic properties. Anxiotic means reducing anxiety. It's also, you know, no, like known to be quite good at modulating seizures. A lot of what magnesium or, or CBD has been sold to be good for is hogwash. Um, CBD is a component of the cannabis plant. So smoking marijuana, having marijuana edibles, engaging in cannabis consumption, um, you know, that can produce a high effect. Uh, we'll talk about CBN in a minute. CBN is a metabolite of THC that particularly helps with sleep. Um, but, you know, CBD and I guess you could say CBN, which is less psychoactive than THC, but it has mild sedative effects. Both of these can help with, you know, reductions in anxiety. CBD has various therapeutic effects, including being an anti-inflammatory compound, having that, you know, evidence basis supporting its anxiolytic effect and its analgesic effects and pain reduction. But I wouldn't expect a ton here. I think CBN is interesting as a THC derivative in that, um, you know, it's got a, sedet a sedative effect. Um, some of the research indicates it might help with relaxation and sleepiness. That's why so many forms of THC rich cannabis, like you know, many of you will, are familiar with the forms of cannabis. There's sativa, uh, you know, there's indica, and then there's hybrid varietals, all of which, you know, it's really hard to put your thumb on because even in states like California, where there's lots of regulation, you know, it's very hard to follow the genetics of these plants back far enough to guarantee that it's a true sativa or that it's a true indica. Um, uh, so, you know, I would say most cannabis indica compounds contain more CBD and likely contain more THC that with the terpenes present is likely to, you know, become CBN. And that's why so many people 
uh, find that Indica puts them into couch. That's a cornball kind of dorky thing. I've used cannabis for years. I don't find it to be, um, you know, that cut and dry. There are many sativas that relax me. There are many indicas that relax me, but you know, using various cannabis derivatives may help with sleep. I'm not confident making that recommendation, nor should I given the legality or illegality of it, but CBD and CBN are legal for consumption in all 50 states, and they may be beneficial when taken at night if you are somebody for whom relaxing and getting out of a state of anxiety um, would help with sleep. Many of you deal with anxiety. We talked about caffeine and avoiding caffeine for that reason. Another supplement I like is L-theanine, which promotes alpha brain waves. If you've ever heard of a float tank, um, where you lie in a sensory deprivation tank in an Epsom salt bath of all things. That actually promotes theta wave activity. Alpha and theta wave activity both help with sleep. L-theanine is a compound that's naturally found in tea. It's kind of one of the reasons that the caffeine in tea hits a little bit differently than the caffeine in coffee. Um, but L-theanine has been shown to increase the production of alpha brain waves. So if you're a morning caffeine person, but you're not a big anxiety person, uh, meaning like you don't want to be anxious and caffeine makes you feel anxious, I might recommend tea over caffeine, or I should say tea over coffee. I'd recommend tea over coffee because tea contains L-theanine and L-theanine seems to have a nice buffering effect and it modulates neurotransmitters. It increases the production of GABA, um, you know, it has anti-stress properties. L-theanine is very interesting in that it is found naturally with many teas. And I think if you ask people who switch from coffee to tea or who prefer tea to coffee, they'll tell you that coffee has a stimulating anxiety, jittery inducing effect, but tea does not. And this is in large part, in my opinion, due to the presence of L-theanine and of course the fact that most teas don't contain as much caffeine as coffee. But L-theanine is a supplement you can take on its own. You don't have to drink tea. In fact, if you were looking to get a sedative effect in the evening from tea, I would do an herbal tea like chamomile because it contains apigenin rather than a tea that contains caffeine just to get the L-theanine. That's a situation where I would supplement with actual L-theanine in the evening. The last one that I like is reishi mushroom, which I think has a very calmative effect. There's triterpenoids, which are the kind of plant compounds in mushrooms or fungi. There's terpenes in a lot of floral compounds. There's triterpenoids and saccharides, polysaccharides in these mushroom compounds. And reishi has been shown to have cancer suppressing, tumor suppressing properties. It's been shown to have calming effects on the nervous system. I really like it. I take it every day in my green supplement. So while I don't take it at night, I do find when I take reishi regularly, my sleep is fantastic and I feel more calm. Again, many of these fungal compounds, these mushroom compounds have adaptogenic effects. And if you can get your hands on reishi included in your evening routine, I think you might find that it has a mildly sedating, calming effect that's quite pleasant and can help with you 
um, getting to sleep. Another huge habit or behavior getting away from supplements is early morning workouts. I have yet to find anything that more reliably helps people fall asleep at night and stay asleep throughout the night. That's not a supplement. That's, you know, not a pair of blue blocking glasses. Uh, it's, you know, has nothing to do with anything like that. It's simply getting up one hour earlier than you normally would to engage with your workout or your exercise in the morning hours. I think this works to support sleep for two reasons. One, it kind of helps you rewire your circadian biology to being more of a quote unquote morning person, which I think is going to make falling asleep in the evening hours easier. And two, you will accumulate fatigue in that workout. You will enhance your body's natural circadian rhythm by working out early. And I think if you get a workout in at 6 a.m., it makes it really hard to, you know, be super wired at 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 9 p.m. And if you do it for a couple of weeks, I think a morning workout routine is a great way to enhance your sleep. So lots of supplements there, folks, lots of, you know, things to avoid a few lifestyle things. I think a lot of the things to avoid are really lifestyle things, but these are all things that I think will help you quite a bit with sleep. And I think you can apply many, if not all of these, you know, today or within a couple of days, if you need to order some supplements, but you can go to the store, try some of these teas, try some of these compounds, step away from some of these habits, step into some of these other habits. And I think it will make a really big difference. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in, for supporting the show, for sharing it. If you haven't yet hit subscribe, left a five-star review or shared it to your story and tag me so I can say thanks, please do that. And I'll catch you on the next episode.